Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Sunday morning discussion. We talk energy. The the current energy crisis in South Africa has been described as one of the worst and maybe here to stay for a lot longer still. The country was plunged into stage six load shedding last Tuesday ahead of the planned outage of Kuburg Nuclear Power Stations Unit 1. The outage at Kuburg, initially planned for last Thursday, was pushed back to this weekend to give ESCOM breathing room. This outage, which takes almost 1,000 megawatts of energy off the grid, will be for a duration of approximately six months to allow for refurbishment work at Kuburg. Some experts have, however, warned that taking the Kuburg unit offline will result in even higher stages of rolling blackouts as Medupi and Gusile, the country's newer power plants, have often, in fact, have technical faults. In our Sunday morning discussion today, we'll look at the precarious power supply situation and be joined on the line by Energy Advisor at Outa, the organization undoing tax abuse, Liz McDade, and Professor Samson Mapweli, um, who is an energy expert from Stellenbosch University. Both joining us now on the line. Thank you very much for your time. Liz, Liz let me start with you. Our, our fears here that even before the year is out, we may perhaps see a total collapse of the grid. Good morning, um, and to all your listeners. I I hope not. That's not a good uh, festive season announcement, but it is certainly being extremely serious, and we have to wonder why are we going up to stage six when actually most uh, businesses and industry are starting to slow down uh, for their for their festive season break. So I think that's that does raise concerns as to what's actually happening on the power system. And, of course, we also have to ask, why is Kuburg being shut down for five or six months at this critical time? Because what that will do is push us to another stage of load shedding. I'm not sure about you. Uh, my my um, phone doesn't seem to give me beyond stage six, uh, but it uh, would be a pretty dark space if we had to go to stage seven or eight. And we're often told, uh, Liz, that... You know, maintenance is is, is critical here, and, and in fact, the fact that it wasn't happening sufficiently in the past is why we're in the crisis that, that we find ourselves in here. So that, I think there is an argument to be made on, on on that front. But if they're saying we're delaying, you know, taking Kuburg, in fact, this is what happened, delaying taking Kuburg offline for, for just a couple of days to stabilize the grid when we're already on, on stage six, it, it you know, are we really being being told the truth here about, about how bad the crisis is? I mean, already you've got many people who are experiencing in excess of six, eight hours of no power a day. It, it really feels as though we're that much closer to complete blackout, at least. Yeah, I, I think the reason that we are all experiencing, you know, many hours of, of shedding is because ESCOM is desperately trying to avoid a complete shut down yeah. Uh, or yeah because they that's what they have to do if they have to if they don't in voluntary voluntarily from their side not from our side voluntarily switch us off then uh the whole grid would collapse so um there's nothing we can do but i think come to your first point let's, let's just unpack that slightly is maintenance yes there was maintenance that wasn't done. The machines were basically run into the ground, when they, and that's that's a problem to try and get them back up. But we're also looking at very old power stations. Yeah. So our 
big issue is why have we delayed in putting new power onto the grid, which is meaning that those mm -hmm. old power stations have to go creaking along, having been run into the ground, and it's like an old car, you know? I think we, yeah. we, we're reaping what we sowed, in a sense. Welcome, Professor Samson Mapeli, uh, energy, energy expert from Stellenbosch University. Prof, thank you very much for uh, for your time with us this morning. Um, perhaps just your your immediate comments, just you know, with the the, the planned maintenance and refurbishment of Kuburg um, as well, and uh, we expect that it'll it'll be out for for a minimum of about six months. It could, of course, be more. The, the impact that this is likely to have going forward. Uh, good morning to you and the, and the listeners. Um, yes, um, the, the taking down of um, the Unit 1 at Quebec is going to, to increase uh, chances of um, load shedding um, by at least uh, one stage more. Um, this is an exercise that is necessary. Uh, for for ESCOM to get um, uh, the, the license to extend the life of the uh, Quebec power station um, because it has um, basically come to an end and they can't continue to operate it without uh, getting the license from uh, NERSA. And part of the of the requirement is that they need to republish it, they need to refuel it, they need to ensure that um, everything is, is properly run. Uh, so so it's an it, Export is in a very difficult situation in that sense because they, they risk um, uh, uh, not, not getting the license to continue operating um, uh, that unit. So, yes, it's going to increase the, the chances of, um, of load shedding. Uh, in terms of breakdowns, ESCOM um, uh, has indicated that they have close to 20,000 megawatts breakdowns. And they, they, they at, at that point in time, they had about 4,000 megawatts that was um, taken offline for maintenance. Um, but that, and, and then if you add what they call the partial load losses, which ESCOM has been fighting, basically, even when they, all the systems are working, all the power stations are working, they are mm -hmm. not working optimally. Um, so ESCOM has been trying to fight that. Um, and, and when they're not working optimally, you, they, they lose about plus or minus 4,000 megawatts. So we, we end up with about um, 28,000 megawatts that's, that's not available. And then our demand uh, is hovering around, has been hovering around 30,000 megawatts. Um, and, and that puts a huge strain on the system. And, and part of the problems uh, has been, the biggest problem actually has been the collapse of uh, the energy availability factor for, for, for the coal power stations. Mm -hmm. It's got nothing to do with renewable energy. It's got nothing to do with the, uh, some of the issues that some of the viewers have been raising. Mm -hmm. It's basically the collapse in the energy availability factor that started around 2011. In 2010, the energy availability factor was at a, a, above 80%. It was approaching 90%. And then if, if you look at the graph, it started going down, collapsing, um, until around 2017, when it improved a little bit in 2018, and then it continued uh, collapsing again. And that has got to do with the type of maintenance that was done in the past, which was not proper. 
Uh, properly done. Sure. Uh, Prof, we'll, we'll pick up a bit on that point in, in just a moment. I must, I must just take a break um, and then we'll get into more issues. My guest uh, this morning, uh, Liz McDade and Professor Samson Mompeli, we're talking about uh, the continuing energy crisis in South Africa. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Good morning, good morning, Stasi Wenzile, Fred and Shaq the people at ESCOM, the people who are running that show, they don't even have a clue what they are doing there. Because with those core power plants that we are having, they were not being serviced. And the parts for those things, we can't get them anywhere else because we are depending on, on Europeans. And the Europeans, they want us to shut them down. And they are opening theirs. And then on the other end, you got Quebec. Quebec is nuclear, you don't take chances, Sister Sevenzile. You have to service it. If it's time for service, it's time for service. So these guys, they've got no clue what they are doing up there. Morning, Sevenzile, it's The ESCOM issue is man-made. The ANC, were, ANC leaders were told earlier that we're going to face this crisis, but they choose to ignore it. So. I, I will ask the government and the ESCOM to invite all the energy experts that they have in this country to come and sit around and find a solution. Because it's not a political solution now. It's beyond political. It needs a technical skill to, to solve ESCOM's problem. So Telblom and those energy experts and analysts, they must come to the party. They should not talk on the radio stations. They should have a summit where they can discuss. And the ESCOM management, the board of ESCOM, must include only technicians, not politicians. Prof, uh, let me come back to you. Just as you heard the comments from our listeners, and in your first, in your opening remarks, you, you know, as you unpacked what's at play here, you know, you said it isn't, you know, some of the issues that are being raised by by by, by the audience, and you know around leadership and, and so on. That's not quite, I suppose, the, the only issue, or not really what, what is at play here. Um, we saw a new board being, being appointed just, just a couple of months ago. Um, what is the plan there? The question of leadership, people have been, of course, calling um, for, for, for a sense of what's happening there, uh, p- perhaps even replacement of from the, you know, the political deployees in terms of the minister uh, to the leadership as well. But as we know, um, there, there are a lot of people who don't want this job, given how difficult it is. The president was speaking just the other day, talking about how um, the arrests are, are being made. People, of course, who have contributed to the crisis we're in are being held accountable. These are all important issues. And, and how, how are they uh, contributing or, or perhaps uh, stalling progress when, when it comes to, to issues at ESCOM? Yeah, so, so the, 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 the issue of leadership, I partly agree on it. Um, uh, you know, what I, don't, what I don't agree with is the fact that some listeners are saying that um, some leaders are um, uh, are deliberately putting the country into lo- load shedding. That mm-hmm. is not true. Um, so if, if we look at the issue of leadership, and, um, and, and it dates back to 2003, when the White Paper on Renewable Energy um, uh, flagged the fact that uh, we will have a, a problem of security of supply of electricity um, uh, in, the short to, in the short term to medium term to long term. 
and and back then um, the, the the leaders in, in, from the, the the political leadership side um, they started with they delayed with the new build program that was the first thing and when they started with the new build program which was Dupian Kusile uh, which 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 was supposed to bring on board more than 9,500 megawatts of electricity. Uh, th that new build program was 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 um, it had a lot of problems in terms of um, the design flaws at the, at the power stations themselves, in terms of the corruption that took place there. We know what uh, Zondo found found when when he, during the, the state capture commission, in terms of the cost escalations and the delays, and that that program instead of um, uh, uh, taking few years, it took uh, more, close to 14 years to complete. And even when it was completed, it, it's still not giving us what it's supposed to have been giving us because of the design flaws that are associated with the corruption and and defense that took place in, that, in, in, in those power stations. So in, in that sense, I agree with the people, the listeners, that uh, the, 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 the leaders kind of dropped the ball in terms of that. When it comes to the current situation, the, the, the president uh, went uh, around the power stations, uh, engaged various stakeholders, and came up with his plan. Uh, and, and based on that plan, um, government's intervention was to basically put in place a new board. And, and, and the new board is supposed to basically implement the president's plan. It's supposed to consolidate the various plans that are there to try and arrest the problem. And, and part of their work uh, is, is basically, and then they, they, they have what we call the shareholders' compact. And the shareholders' compact is saying, take back the energy availability factor to 75%. And, and now the, the president's plan is now being implemented. And, and we expected that it will take between uh, yeah. uh, 12 to 14 months to start to start stabilizing the system and about 18 to 24 months to, to, to get rid of load shedding uh, completely. So I, I would say the challenge now is that we had these um, uh, breakdowns, which uh, some of us are, are, are suspecting that this could be man-made in, ter in terms of the sabotage that ESCOM and the president has been talking about. Because if you look at the way it happened, we one day we on stage three load shedding, and, and then all of a sudden we've got breakdowns that are totaling close to 20,000 megawatts mm. within, within hours. So that, for me, is very unusual. And it's something that needs proper and thorough investigation, mm -hmm. both from the forensic side and also from the, the intelligence side. Of yeah, ab absolutely. Listen a moment. I want us to talk about the, the long-term costs, um, and, and we'll come back to that in just a moment. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Still joined by my guests, uh, Professor Mampueli and Liz McDade, as we talk about the energy crisis in the country. L Liz, l let's talk about the long-term costs here. You know, for, for South Africans to still pay as much 
as we have to pay for for energy, but only really having half of it, if if we're lucky, I mean, surely should be looked at here, but also just the long term costs for for the country. Do, do we have a sense really of, of of how long it'll take us to recover from this period when we do eventually, hopefully, get out of this? Uh, I think before I get there, I just wanted to talk about what happens, the delays that the, what what delays can cost as well yeah. is um, uh, so maybe we're talking the same thing but but for for the time that we don't have energy um, and we might be paying ESCOM but there are a lot of other costs that, that are problematic as we aren't actually able to work to produce um, and all of that has an impact on the on the economy of the country and of course it's difficult to attract investors to come and invest in in um, industry and job creation if you don't have electricity. So mm. for those uh, reasons, I think it's very important to look at what the cost of the economy is. I mean, there's numbers thrown around, but I'm not I'm not uh, going to talk those numbers because they can be, you know, 200 billion, 600 billion, but I think everybody can do a back of the envelope number count. But the, but the bottom line is when you don't have power, it has that impact. So then we have to look at, is ESCOM doing the right thing to take offline another 1,000 megawatts for six months right now? Or should we just put, take Kuberg, refuel it, which is supposed to take about five or six weeks, and then bring it back online and keep it going for another year until the end of its life? So, so I think these are the kinds of decisions that we need leadership to really look at because even now as we are trying to limp those old power stations along mm. it's costing more and they keep breaking down again and if you look at the first unit of Kuburg which went off in January this year which was supposed to be refurbished it only came back nine months later after there was various stoppages um, and it wasn't fixed it's just been mm. refueled mm. and it's going to go back off next year for that refurbishment so so I think we need to be focusing on bringing new renewable power onto the grid. Professor Sampson has spoken about the delays there. One of your listeners raised some of the issues um, of, of safety and maintenance. As, as we, we can't keep flogging dead horses. So at a certain point, those power stations are going to have to shut down. And we need to rapidly bring more electricity generation onto the grid and do that in a way that gets our economy back up and running mm. rather than constantly trying to keep these old power stations chugging along. Mm, mm. Just in the last few minutes we, we have, um, Liz, let me, let me get a comment from you just on um, news earlier this week about um, the, the UK essentially needing to um, prevent the closure of coal power stations, um, you know, to, to, to prevent blackouts this winter. And just a couple of weeks ago, we were speaking about um, about COP27, talking about uh, uh, the, you know, just energy transition and, and so on. What does this this sort of thing, I suppose, do for for that conversation where, where commitments have been made, but then because of, of circumstances, then there's, you know, d- decisions are reviewed or perhaps delayed to a later stage because of the immediate need? I think that's very disappointing. Um, but we are not the UK and we don't have to follow their lead. Uh, but I think the, the, we are facing climate change impacts and I believe that these recent floods in Joburg are another sign 
of how bad the the impacts are going to be as we go forward. So we can't afford to ignore climate change. Unfortunately, humans, it's, it's human cause and it's fossil fuel cause. So we have to really say to ourselves, never mind what the rest of the world is doing in the short term, we in the long term are going to invest in the renewable energy. And luckily, we have one of the strongest solar resources in the world. So we should exploit that as much as we can. Um, and certainly uh, not when, when <laughs> if the rest of the world went back to the Stone Age, we certainly shouldn't be following them. I mean, it's time for Africa to rise now. So let's use the resources we have, our solar resources, and um, we can soon be a very fantastic powerhouse uh, if we leave the past behind. But we, we are, don't have a choice. Otherwise, we are going to suffer from the climate change impacts really, really badly. And, and unfortunately, I am out of time, uh, so Prof, I can't get a parting shot from you. But let me thank you both for your time with us uh, um, this morning on, on this issue. In fact, there can never be enough time as we look at the challenges when it comes to um, issues of energy supply in the country. That was Energy Advisor to Outer Liz McDade and Professor Samson Mamfueli, energy experts at Stellenbosch University.